everybody. Hello. Uh, you are listening to Tell Me All About It. It's our podcast. That's right. That's what our podcast is called. <laughs> tell Me All About It. Because we tell each other all about it. Mm-hmm. I'm Pam Metz. I'm Jeremy Metz. And uh, it's cold in Colorado. Yeah, it's freezing cold today. Yeah. It did get over freezing eventually, but when we woke up this morning, it was like 10 degrees outside. Yeah, this is like the first real cold week we've had. Yeah. And uh, Here in mid-December. Yeah, we've been very lucky. Yeah. Cause well, I, we, we had a pretty good winter last winter, too. We had a lot more snow yeah. than, uh, than this year, but mm-hmm. um, I remember it being somewhat mild. Yeah, it's just uh, I like the summer. Yeah, we're summer people. Yeah, the winter can suck it. <laughs> but I like a little winter. I'm I'm not uh, you know full on summer all mm-hmm. the time, but um, how about a fall, a nice yeah. fall where you could wear a sweater and a light jacket. Yeah, I like the four seasons, but mm-hmm. I always perk up and get a little cheerier when it's springtime, mm-hmm. and I know that there's a few months of non snow days ahead. Yeah, you can lay out in the sun. Yeah. Oh, go God. hiking in shorts. Yeah, and a shorts. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's wonderful. Yes. Um, so, uh, if you have any comments, questions, or a subject you want us to tackle, email us at tellmeaboutthething at gmail.com. That's tellmeaboutthething at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at tell underscore me underscore, underscore podcast. And um, we're on like nine different platforms now, including Anchor FM. And I think our on all those platforms, you can get all these links in our bios. So mm-hmm. we're on Spotify. We're on, yeah, Spotify. We're on uh, Google Podcasts and just a bunch more. So they're adding them all the time. Yeah, cool. Big time. Yeah. So anything exciting going on in your life? I just finished a batch of bugs uh, this afternoon. I've been working on them for a few days. I usually do five at a time. And uh, finished them up today. And I'm pretty happy with the way they turned out. Um, I'd love to have a count of how many bugs I've made total. I'm guessing uh, 40, maybe 40 bugs now. Mm. So I'm still learning. I'm in my apprenticeship. (laughs) Yeah, for those who don't know, Jeremy makes metal art. And so he's welding uh, these cool bugs like you would put in your house or on your um, the back fence or something in the garden. You know, it looks really cool. Thank you. I wanted them to be done so that I could take them to this little um, antique store that I sell them in um, this afternoon, but I just ran out of time, and then you reminded me that we still had to do the podcast, mm-hmm. so I'll take them tomorrow, and uh, and there's still a, a few days before Christmas, so maybe oh, some yeah. of them will sell. Oh, yeah. Now's the time, because people are starting to panic. They they don't know what they're going to get some people, so mm-hmm. it's a perfect gift. Yes. Anywho, are you ready for a drink? Because I've worked my butt off today, and you've worked your butt off, and it's time to have a cocktail. I would love a drink. What are we having? We're having sake bombs with some uh, Molly's beer and um, Two Fingers tequila Mm. for a chaser. All right. It's it's one of our standbys. We've done this a lot at the beginning of podcasts, but it just it's our favorite. Yeah. Flavorful and. It uh, gives us a little buzz. Yeah, it's nice because we don't eat dinner until after we do the podcast. So yeah. We're a little like, woo. Yeah, an empty stomach. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do this. Cheers. Cheers.
Oh yeah, that's the stuff right there. That's everything I needed it to be. And also, tomorrow is Jeremy's birthday. That's right. So cheers, babe. You're another year older. You made it. Thank you very much. I'll be no. 47 tomorrow. Another year married to me. Yep. I don't know how you do Six it. Six years married, eight years together. Mm-hmm. You're an outstanding man. Well, thank you. You're an outstanding <laughs> woman. Thank you. <laughs> All right, now that we've... Uh, talked about that and how great we are. <laughs> um, I am going to do my subject first. This is episode 13. I went back and looked at all the podcasts uh, uh, last week and discovered that we had not done 13. We had done 12. So this is actually 13. This is the real 13. This is the real 13. All right. And last week I did a very, very... Um, dark, demented, uh, murder, mm-hmm. child killing, the horrible... first known serial killer, right? In history. So, this week we're gonna do something a little lighter. Oh, okay, a little more fun, a little more scientific. Um, I am going to tell you why people dream. Oh, really? They talk... know why? I, I didn't know anybody knew why. Um, there are theories. We may never actually ever really know why. Uh-huh. But I'm going to tell you, um, like, why people dream um, and some fun facts and um, some common dreams we have uh, The as a population, as a uh, human, as humans. And I'm also going to talk about lucid dreaming a little. Very cool. That's exciting. Yeah. So I like that subject. This is a fun subject, and uh, I hope you learn something. I'm sure I will. All right. So, uh, dreams are basically just hallucinations that occur during certain st- stages of sleep. Um, they're the strongest during REM sleep, or rapid, rapid, rapid eye movement stage, when you may be less likely to recall your dreams. So, you're dreaming all the time. But you just probably can't remember them. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're awake, your thoughts have a certain logic to them. But when you're asleep, your brain is still active, but your thoughts or dreams often make little or no sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be because the emotional centers of your brain, that's what trigger the dreams rather than the logical re- regions. Okay. Um, researchers do not agree entirely on the purpose of dreams, but there are some wildly um, widely held beliefs and theories. Yeah, a lot of people think it's because, uh, like, you're trying to work through something, right? You're trying yes. to solve a problem yes. or something like that. Emotional issues. Oh, okay. So um, your dreams may be, the first one is your dreams may be a ways of confronting emotional dramas in your life because your brain is operating at a much more emotional level than when you're awake, and your brain may make, be making connections regarding your feelings that your conscious self would not make. Uh-huh. So your brain's just trying to work it out. That would make sense. Yeah. This is my favorite one. It's survival training. Really? Your dreams could be survival training. Because one of the areas of the brain that's most active during dreaming is the amygdala. Is that right? Amygdala? Yeah, that sounds right, yeah. Um, amygdala. The amygdala. If it's wrong, just email me. I'll correct it. Um, the amygdala is the part of the brain associated with the survival instinct and the fight or flight response. So, um, because the amygdala is more active during sleep than in your waking life, it may be the brain's way of getting you to getting you ready to deal with a perceived threat. 
Uh, okay, that would make a lot right. of sense. My dreams tend to be like, um, you know, you've got to drive through this or you've got to find that. Yeah, know, or somebody's chasing you or, yeah, you know, definitely. you're in danger. What do you do? So your brain could just be preparing you for like something that may happen in your you know, because we're, we're not cave people anymore. We just, like, sit on the couch and watch, you know, entertainment tonight or whatever people watch. I don't know what they watch. Yeah, but um, our brains don't necessarily know that. No, there's still parts of those uh, Neanderthals in your brain going, like, where's the fucking saber-toothed tiger, you know? Like, I know there was one in, outside the cave yesterday. Yeah, we got to keep this person ready for right. that threat that may be coming. But fortunately, the brainstem sends out nerve signals during the REM sleep that relax your muscles. Otherwise, you would be running and punching in your sleep. Yeah. So it doesn't do that. Every time you say REM sleep, I think of the band REM. Yes. And well, that uh, Sing Star song that we're always... <laughs> what, is, what is that song called? That's me and the Kana. I don't know what it is. Losing My Losing Religion. Losing My Religion, that's yeah. it. So. Ooh, life. <laughs> bigger <laughs> i have to sing so weird to um get points on that game I, or i feel like i'm singing weird no it sounds good yeah that's probably mm -hmm. when it sounds the best is when i'm like contorting my my mouth and throat into all these weird your throat singing <laughs> yeah when I, when I saw amygdala i immediately thought the abdullah oblongata from uh... <laughs> The yeah, boy. water boy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> nice. So another theory is that dreams may also help facilitate our creative tendencies. Um, artists credit dreams with inspiring some of their most creative work. Mm -hmm. You may have awakened at a time in your life with a great idea for a movie or a song. Without the logic filter you might normally use in your waking life that can restrict your creative flow, your thoughts and ideas have no restriction when you're sleeping. My bugs are a direct result of a dream that I had. Okay, well, there we go. We just linked that. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm a believer in that. Mm-hmm. So another wildly... I keep saying wildly. Wild, wide, it's wildly it's held. It's wildly held. It's widely <laughs> held theory about the purpose of dreams and that they help you store important memories and things you've learned and get rid of unimportant memories and sort through complicated thoughts and feelings. So... Um, Re sort of like a disc defragmentation for yeah, your brain. Yeah, basically, you know, we're in the Matrix and the bugs are re rebooting us at night. Yeah. Or what was that movie with Kiefer Sutherland? Dark City? Dark City. Yeah, yeah I thought of that too. That was great. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, sleep helps to store memories. If you learn new information and sleep on it, you'll probably be able to recall it better than if you ask to remember what that information without the benefit of sleep. So those are the theories. I like those theories. Those mm -hmm. make a lot of sense. And I'd never, um, you know, I'd never done any research into dreams anytime recently. The mm -hmm. last time I probably did was in high school. And then they were like, we don't know why people dream. Yeah, there are it's now. Just to, it's just to keep you busy at night. But I think there's more to it than well, that. Well, there's sleep centers now. They've been studying people. Yeah, yeah, know. really. Um, so what about nightmares? Dreams that help you deal productively with emotions, memories, and other information may seem very helpful. Um, the occasional nightmare is considered a dream that's simply more frightening or upsetting. And nightmares tend to be caused by stress, anxiety, or sometimes as a reaction to certain medications. Mm -hmm. um, however, if you have nightmares frequently, you could have a sleeping disorder. If your nightmares cause you to be anxious about going to sleep, like Freddy Krueger, remember? Yes. <laughs> um, if they lead to frequent disruptions of your sleep, 
or if they bring about other sleeping or psychological problems. Now, a nightmare is different than a night terror. How so? I'm going to tell you. Unlike nightmares that occur during REM sleep, night terrors occur during non-REM sleep, usually within the first three to four hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, They can last anywhere from five to 20 minutes. And people having a night terror are still asleep, but probably look like they're awake. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, and they'll suddenly begin to show signs of panic, like screaming, flailing, kicking, accompanied by other symptoms like rapid heart rate and breathing, flushing of the skin, sweating, and dilation of the pupils. Um, In kids, it's usually hormone fluctuations, like when they're going into puberty and coming out of puberty. That's kind of what happens. Um, In adults, it's usually sleep deprivation and stress that cause them. Okay. However, there's also a genetic component component to night terrors, and that occurs with the family history of parasomnia or sleeping disorder. And um, treatment isn't usually recommended because as kids get older and their nervous system develops, because we keep developing until we're 25, our body you know, isn't completely connected. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so uh, their nervous system kind of calms down the night terrors. However, if things get really out of control, the doctors may prescribe medication like sedatives or antidepressants. Interesting. And I wonder if that... Like, does that make the nightmares go away or the night terrors go away? Or does it just suppress you so you can't move, you know, or while you can't remember that you had them? Maybe, It's basically, yeah. it's probably just to shut kids up. Yeah. You know, everything. Like, take this NyQuil. Yeah. They don't, they just don't want to hear it. Now, I have this thing where, this happens to me pretty commonly, where I'm drifting off to sleep and I'm out, you know, I would appear to be out. And then all of a sudden, I have this sensation of falling. Mm-hmm. I've had that and, too, and, um, you, and you do that like you bounce. You could. I will. Me. Yes, yeah. I will usually jerk. I can feel you. Yeah, yeah. when I mm-hmm. when I wake up, just before, like either just before I hit the ground or as I hit the ground, mm-hmm. then um, I'll snap awake, and that manifests itself physically. Mm-hmm. You know, with me like you know, doing a leg kick or an arm flail. Now, does that count as... No, you would, like... That's a night terror or... No, that's that's... just a dream or just, a like, a sensation, maybe. Or, like, a... um... Like some kind of an artifact from our caveman days when we used to sleep in trees. Because the only... I guess the only fear a baby is born with is the fear of falling. No kidding. Mm Mm-hmm. That's all they know, huh? Well, that's what researchers say, but really, what the fuck do they know? Yeah, how would they know what a baby fears? But anyway, that's what they say, that the only... Because, you know, you don't want to fall out of the crib or fall... You know, no, that, that's, that's the one thing that can kill you, so it's very caveman-like. Uh-huh. There's also a thing called... Um, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I experienced this when I was in my 20s. And I've experienced it once or twice since then, but I didn't know what it was, so... Um, I'm going to get a little weird here. Okay. So in my 20s, I I was living in an apartment um, with this other girl. And I was in bed one morning and asleep. And as I was waking up, it felt like somebody was right up against my back, breathing. Laying, ag- laying in bed next to you? Right next to me. Like okay. up against me. And it freaked me out so bad. Yeah. Um, but... As I went through um, different things, uh, like researching, I 
did a Reiki. I'm a Reiki um, person. I do Reiki and like I research all these energetic healings things. And what I've learned is, I, I can't remember what it's called, but you leave your body at some point during the night. Oh, like an out-of-body experience? Yeah, like you just kind of go out of your body and kind of enter the universe. Uh-huh. And sometimes, before you can get back into your body, you start to wake up. And that's just you trying to get back into your body before you wake up. Oh, wow. So it's kind of freaky. So the sensation that you felt against your back myself. might have been your own consciousness. Yeah, it was just me coming back. Oh, that's trippy. Yeah, it's very trippy. I've no, I've never experienced anything like that. Yeah, I have a couple of times. The last couple of times, I know what it is, so I just kind of let it happen. So like, come on back in and let's just get this done. So it's not yeah. weird. But you know, people think, of course, like it's the devil or it's demons. Or oh it's yeah. Like, but it's not. It's just you trying to come back into your body. Yeah, I think people prescribe um, a lot of things. You know. They, they give it a supernatural reason because they can't necessarily explain it, like banshees or aliens, you know, or ghosts. Well, I've seen ghosts, so... I, no, I so am, I'm, not, totally, I'm not discounting I totally, any of those things. I totally agree, but some stuff is scientific. Yeah, I'm, all I'm saying is that, yeah, some people look for a solution, and I think that it's easy to say that it's supernatural. Well, yeah. There may, there may actually be a real, you know, yeah. like grounded, down-to-earth like, explanation. Back in the day, they thought that epilepsy was demon possession. You just had epilepsy. <laughs> right. Like, no, I'm fine. I just, I, yeah. you know, I yes. have epilepsy. And I fully recognize that there may actually be demons out there. Sure, why not? I'm Yeah, I am not the kind of person to discount anything just because uh-uh. just because I haven't seen it. Just because I haven't seen it does not mean it's not real. So, yeah. you do you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The other night, I was, um, I fell asleep out here on the couch. Did you? Yeah. And, uh... I could have swore. Oh yeah! I told you about. I'm this. I'm still freaked out about this. I yeah. think about it every night. That's why. I Do can, you really? I now cover my ears with the covers because <laughs> oh, I don't want to wow. hear it. Go ahead. Yeah, I I don't even remember what what was said, but I was laying here on the couch and I thought I was awake, and I thought I heard somebody whisper something like I what, remember what one, you said. One word into my ear. Valentine's Day. That's right. Valentine's uh-huh. Day. I, I thought somebody said Valentine's Day into my ear and I I thought it was I you know my you're cuz you're the only one in the house so I assumed it was you mm-hmm. and I looked around and there was nobody. There was nothing. Mm-hmm. And even Apricot, you know, our cat was I think she was laying out here and she was sound asleep. Mm-hmm. So was, you know, so it was just in my head. I think it was just a very realistic dream. Is the only thing it's the only explanation I can come up with. All right, but now I'm doing a countdown to Valentine's Day. And <laughs> every you? night I think about it. It freaks me out. Does it? Yes. Yeah, what a random thing to have whispered into your ear in a dream. Yeah. Valentine's Day. Rosebud. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so now we're going to keep going with dreams now that we've gone off on a tangent. Sorry. No, it's fine. I, this is fun for me to talk about. I love, I love the subject. I love uh, going off on tangents, so... Um, so now we're going to talk about lucid dreaming. Um, so a lucid dream is a type of dream where the dreamer becomes aware that they are dreaming within the dream. 
So during a lucid dream, um, the dreamer may gain some amount of control over the dream characters, narrative, and environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find lucid dreaming in movies, too. Like in the 80s, there's an old Dennis Quaid movie called Dreamscape. I'm so glad that you mentioned I Dreamscape. I have been I, Ever since you started talking, I've been waiting to throw <laughs> in a Dreamscape reference. But now I don't have to because you actually have it in your talk. Yes, it's amazing. I it's still it, I love it's kind of, Dreamscape. I did too. It's kind of cheesy now. We saw it a couple years ago with the snake. It just doesn't it doesn't hold up. <laughs> no. But the science, I I love it. Um, I'm taking a, control of your own yeah. dream. Yeah. And more recently, Inception, which features uh, impressive dreamers who are able to control the shape and content of their dreams and. The dreams of others. Mm-hmm. Now that is a power. Yeah. So the first record of lucid dreaming appears in On Dreams by the Greek philosopher Aristotle. In it, he describes an instance of self-awareness during a dream state. And research shows that about 37% of people are lucid dreamers or have experienced a lucid dream. Um, I am a lucid dreamer, and I've been able to do it naturally since I was a kid, and also my cousin Matt, he can do it. Mm-hmm. Those are the only two I know in the family. Uh, for me, I usually realize during a dream that I'm dreaming, and I test it out by jumping into the air. And if I hover for just a few seconds, I know I'm dreaming, and then I can change the things I don't like that's happening in the dream. I can leave the dream i can send people out and bring people in or send things out and bring them in Um, and i usually just fly around and have fun jumping into trees that's pretty badass babe yeah it's fun i also um taught when i uh, had a friend in college i had a friend for like 18 years i think and she wanted to learn how to lucid dream because she couldn't do it Mm -hmm. and her bedroom we lived we lived together and her bedroom was right across the hallway and so she would, she eventually learned how to lucid dream. And in our dreams, we would meet in the hallway and leave the house together and like go and hang out and do things. That just sent a chill down my spine. It's really fun. And you if would you, talk about it after you woke uh-huh, up. Oh, that's yeah, freaky. Yeah. So um, one of the techniques, uh, you can learn to lucid dream. You don't just have to be a lucid dreamer. Yeah. So one of the techniques to try is to remind yourself to ask yourself in your dream if you are awake or dreaming right before you go to sleep. Hmm. Um, That means you will be self-aware as you are in your dream. And another technique is to try to find your hands during the dream. Like if you can remember to find your hands, then you're going to be aware of yourself, which means you're aware that you're dreaming. Okay. Clever. Yeah, there are other techniques. Just Google it. There's a lot of stuff out there. Um, So there's also um, a bunch of common dreams that we all have. Uh, Researchers say there's a number of dream themes that tend to be quite common across different cultures because we all kind of share a common life experience. The majority of our dreams tend to reflect concerns about stuff everyone thinks about, like money, school, work, family, friends, and health. Yes, human conditions. Human conditions. Stuff Stuff that we all are, you know, we all face. Like, we're all going to die one day. Oh, yeah, we're dead. We're just making our way there together. There's nobody in human history that's ever escaped it. No, not yet. 
<laughs> not, not yet. I am, <laughs> You're not, not ruling yourself I'm out. I'm not ruling you? myself out, but <laughs> not yet. Nice. So dream themes like being chased, falling, or being naked in public are surprisingly common around people among people around the world. A few others are teeth falling out, mm-hmm. uh, being late, a death of a loved one or return of a deceased loved one, flying. Um, school-related activities like taking exams, studying, going to class, and then sexual activity. Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of those. Sexual um, activity or no? No, unfortunately, <laughs> I've had a couple of sexual activity ones. Mm-hmm. Usually, the ones that I get though are much more boring. I get the being late one mm-hmm. a lot, and I also get the school-related activities yes. a lot. School is me. I have the recurring dream of being back in college during finals week, and I haven't been to class all semester, and I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I get that a lot. And I don't know what this means, but I also am always looking for a place to go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And the toilets are always disgusting. Or there's no door on the bathroom. Or, like, it's all filled up. It's always something I can't go to the bathroom. I get those sometimes, and when I wake up, I usually have to go to the bathroom. I'll have to get get up in the middle of the night and I go to the toilet. But I don't know. I don't know if that's right or not. All right. A few facts about what people dream about. Um, people tend to dream about negative events a lot more frequently than they do about positive events. For example, people are more likely to dream about an attack or an argument than a friendly exchange with another person. Um, external stimuli often influence dreams. For example, a person sleeping in a really hot room might dream about being in a sauna or being trapped in a sweltering desert with no water. Mm -hmm. Um, And if your alarm clock goes off or your cat meows at you at two in the morning incessantly, you might simply incorporate that noise into the story of your dream rather than actually waking to the sound. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And men's dreams tend to contain more aggression and negative emotions, while women's dreams are more likely to contain positive emotions and friendly interactions. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yep. That's what they say anyway. But that's all I got. I loved that topic. Did you, you like that one? Yeah, you got me beat this week. If we were having a competition, I think you would win. Oh, it's a competition. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that was fun. That was fun, huh? Yeah, I like that subject of yes. uh, dreams. It's not murdering children and taking out their entrails and burying them and No, but we can dream about it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we're going to take a short break, and we will see you when we get back. All right, we're back. All right. Well, that was a good one. That was fun. Did you like that one? I like that one. I love the uh, dreams. There's so many uh, fun dream references and, uh, like, cultural references, Mm -hmm. like dreamscape and inception. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes, Nightmare on Elm Street. And that uh, Dawkins song that was in the soundtrack. Do you remember it? Mm Mm-mm. Dream Dream Warriors or something like that. Mm-mm. Dawkins is going to comment on our podcast. Oh, I hope so. That would be an honor. Wrong. (laughs) That's not what our song was called. I'm fine being called wrong. Hey, by Dawkins. Bring it. All right, so what you got for us? All right. My subject this week, I am going to talk about the third emperor of Rome, um, famously known as, um, shit, what the hell is his name? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I didn't write. I, d- I don't write it down so that you um, you can see it without um, you know like giving away the. I don't look. Caligula. Caligula. Oh, yeah. hey, now you're talking. I'm going to talk about Caligula. Let's today. get it. Get it. Yes, he has um, a very infamous reputation for being kind of. Uh, naughty and party dude. debauched yes yeah. he liked to party he spent a lot of uh rome's money just doing you know things that made him happy so um i wanted to talk about that and uh, in a way i think it's gonna i think it's going to um you know settle some of his reputation down a little bit it's not like that uh 1970s movie with malcolm mcdowell not exactly, anyway. That kind of trumped it up and made it a little sensational. But honestly, Rome, Roman emperors, like, the Roman people were known for orgies and, like, overeating and, like, just having a debauchery and having a really fun life. So he's not, like, anything they, special. They do have a reputation for that. I mm-hmm. mean, like, I, I firmly believe that Rome as a culture was a lot more sexually open little, than they were, us. They were hedonists, I think. However, I think that there's something that's universal, you know, across all cultures where you expect your leader to have a certain amount of responsibility and to do what's right for his subjects and to spend his money wisely. Yeah, I want the aqueducts working in Rome if I'm back then. I want the poo being carried out of the city. I want water. Yes. I want a comfortable life. I want lots of food. But then if he wants to, you know, have an orgy once a month, I'm cool with that. Absolutely. But if you find out that he's spending all of his money on the orgies and the aqueducts are like, you know, filled with algae and they're not even going to your house anymore because they're diverted... Then yeah, you're gonna be a little pissed. Yeah, I'm grabbing the poison and the knives, and we're heading, <laughs> we're heading, to, we're heading to the Senate. All right, tell me all about it. All right, Caligula. He was only Rome's third emperor, so he was very early wow. on. Hmm. He was formally known as Gaius, and I'll get to his nickname in a second. Um, Caligula. Mm-hmm. He had a four-year-long reign. Not oh. very, not very long. Mm. We went from AD thir- AD thirty-seven to forty-one. So just after uh, the whole uh, crucifixion and everything. Hmm. That's BC. BC goes oh, back. Oh, AD. Okay. AD. This okay. is this is AD. Whatever. Uh, whatever AD stands for, Anti Dominicus or something rather. Yeah, something like that. He was, um, Caligula was the uncle of the emperor Nero, who would become emperor after, not directly after, but I think two, two rulers after, um, Caligula. Um, Caligula was the son of a renowned Roman general named Germanicus. He was he was really good at his job. Mm-hmm. And he was also the son of Agrippa the Elder. That was his mother. And she has a pretty good reputation on her own. She was kind of a tough, um, strong woman for the time. She would go with her husband, the general, to where they were stationed. And she would kind of act as a diplomat and an ambassador, like like he was he was like stationed in these like battlefronts mm-hmm. you know like 
you know, it, yeah. you know as a general would be. And she would go with him, and that, I think that was kind of um, uncommon at the time. So she was a strong woman. She, you know, she she, she had was, she, she was going to sit back at home and just raise the kids. Yeah, if she was mad at somebody, you know, she would she would speak publicly about it. Mm. Um, Caligula was the first Roman emperor to be assassinated. All right. That's why he only had a four-year-long reign. You know, it just makes me think, I mean, I have no idea what's going to happen, what you're going to tell me, but it makes me think these two great, like, rulers just totally ignored their kids and, like, left them with nannies and, like, they just grew up shitheads. Caligula's parents. Yeah, and then they, you know, he gets a big job and just fucks it up, <laughs> like Trump or... Yeah, because he's just a spoiled asshole. Yeah, he has no clue what he's doing. He just uh-huh. wants, you know, coke and hookers. Yeah, totally. Yeah, his childhood definitely had an effect on it, for sure. But I don't think I, I think you're gonna find that there's something else that's even more. Oh, good! I hope I'm wrong. Influential on uh, oh, good. on why he became what he did. That's exciting, babe. Go. Caligula was born in 12 A.D. and during his childhood, he lived at his father's uh, military station on the Rhine River, where where uh, Germanicus was. He had his forts. Okay. Um, Caligula's parents, also uh, Gaius, if you want to call him by his formal name, Mm -hmm. Caligula's parents dressed him in a little military outfit. Aww. Yeah. And that's how he earned his nickname. The troops that were there at the station with Germanicus and Caligula, um, they nicknamed him Little Boot for the little uniforms that right. he wore, little military outfits that he was wear, wearing when he was like four and five years old walking around. The, that's adorable. It's pretty cute, yeah. Um, so that's how, uh, so yeah. Um, Caligula is Italian, I think, for little boot. Yeah, all right. Uh, Caligula's father, Germanicus, died in 17 AD. Caligula was only five years old at the time. Okay. Tiberius was the emperor of Rome at the time. Yes. Also, the middle name of uh, Captain Kirk on Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> but, that, but that's another podcast. You know, which is really <laughs> weird that you say that. He was my first kind of erotic dream, Captain Kirk. Really? Erotic. I mean, I was a teenager. I kissed him in my dream. Uh-huh. Captain Kirk. Do you do you have a thing for Captain no, Kirk? No, but I watched him all the time because we watched Star Trek all the time and um, in my household. Uh-huh. So he was probably just on my mind. Yeah. It was going to be somebody. It was going to be somebody. You were kissing somebody that night. Yeah. <laughs> Why not Captain Kirk? <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be Captain Kirk. Captain Tiberius. James well, Tiberius Kirk. <laughs> yes, James Tiberius Kirk. Um, the emperor of Rome, Tiberius, killed Caligula's own... He almost killed the entire family. Oh, my God. Yeah, he left Caligula... And he left Caligula's grandmother, and he assassinated just about everybody else after Germanicus died, because they were kind of high up in the ranks, and he thought that they may be um, a rival, a potential rival one day right. for his uh, rulership of Rome. So he just had everybody killed. It was a rough and tumble time oh, yeah. to be alive. But that was stupid for Tiberius. You got to kill everybody, and you, you have to kill the kids. Well, somehow the grandmother had some kind of influence or sway over Tiberius. 
and she was able to convince him to keep <laughs> Caligula alive. If we've learned anything from uh, Kill Bill, she, she told us. Yeah. You, you she should have she killed that little kid when she had the chance, I think, right? I think they're going to do a sequel, and it's that kid coming they after sh- her. They yeah. should. Mm-hmm. I, you never leave the I kids thought, alive. I thought at the time, like... What, you know, you're going to leave? I, You know, I get it. Like, how hard would it be to kill, like, a 10-year-old yeah, little girl but you who want... didn't do anything wrong? The thing is... But you... you're creating an enemy if you don't kill that exactly. kid. Exactly. But the thing is... They're going to grow up and be pissed. Is that maybe he had that... First of all, maybe Quentin Tarantino had that in his mind for later as a sequel, he's, which is yeah, really he's, smart. He's smart enough to have thought of that. But also, yeah. I mean, Uma Thurman was a sociopath. That was her job. You're right. So maybe she wanted to have a little action in ten years. Yeah, sure. So maybe she welcomed it. Yeah. All right. That's my that's my two cents on that. I like that. <laughs> I like those theories. Yeah. Um. Eventually, Caligula grew up, and somehow, and I didn't really go into this a lot with my research, but somehow things smoothed over between him and Tiberius, and he wound up moving in with Tiberius in the palace. And they had a good relationship. And Tiberius ended up adopting Caligula. And so at that point, Caligula was as high up as a successor to the throne as Tiberius' own children. Wow. Or I think in this case, it was a, it was a nephew. Um, so this happened at about... A.D. 31, and Caligula was about 19 years old at this time. Caligula died at A.D. 37, and Caligula was 25 years old at that point. Oh, wow, so young. So he he had been living in the palace, basically, for about six years with Tiberius, and then Tiberius died. Wait, Tiberius or Caligula? Sorry, I'm sorry, I, I thought I said that wrong. Empty, right. empty stomach and uh, sake okay. bombs. So what happened was Tiberius adopted Caligula, right? And then Tiberius died. Okay. In AD thirty-seven. Okay. At that point, Caligula was twenty-five years old. So sorry, sorry about that. I... Well, I have a question. What did Tiberius die of? Was he poisoned by any chance? <laughs> it didn't. It didn't say. But historians don't think that Caligula had anything to do with Tiberius's death. Okay. I did not research Tiberius's death personally because it didn't seem to be an issue. Like it seemed like everything was fine, everybody was getting along, everybody mm-hmm. was happy. Um even Caligula and Tiberius's nephew, who would have also been the successor to the throne. There was kind of a it was kind of like 50-50, like it could have been anybody. But once Tiberius died, then Caligula was oh, like, yeah. he like, he called on his allies, and he, um, he got himself politically put in the front. Oh, I bet. He planned this from the time he was, his parents got killed. I guarantee <laughs> his grandmother planned it. History does not say one way or the other. That's I, I think that you're... Probably you could be right. You could absolutely be right. That's because people underestimate women. She had a plan the moment that family got killed. Unless 
she had them all killed specific in, because he was her favorite. Yeah. Mm, I got uh, yeah, I got I'm going to have to research this. Go yeah, ahead. you should. That'd be a fun, that would be a fun <laughs> podcast to it go into the me, intrigue of it. It reminds me of Game of Thrones with um lady um what's her name? Who Tyrell. Tyrell. This is yeah. who it reminds me of. It's like, Elena oh, she's Tyrell. such a nice grandma. She ain't a nice grandma. No, she was the brains behind the operation of yeah. that family. Yeah, if the grandma and the and the grandson are the only two to live, there's a reason why. <laughs> right. That bitch had a plan. Yeah, maybe. Sorry, go ahead. I'll stop interrupting you. No, I think that would be a good podcast. But my podcast focused more on... Um, Caligula himself and the weird things that he did like once he got into power because I thought that would be interesting well up until now it's even fascinating so I can't wait to hear what happens when he gets into power it kind of (laughs) does sound like a Game of Thrones episode like everything like culminating and coming together alright so at this point Caligula took power in AD 37, and this was kind of thanks to some allies that he had in political places. You know, they they helped to get him into a position where he could claim the emperorship after Tiberius died. He would go on to assassinate Tiberius's relatives Mm -hmm. in the, I think, I think it was the second year after he was in charge. He kind of let everything go at first, Mm -hmm. but then they... They got um, killed. That's what I would do. By Caligula after a couple of years, including the nephew, who was, you know, kind of another successor to the, I guess you don't really say throne with when it's an emperorship. Yeah, we can say throne. Okay, we'll say throne in this case, just to make it easy. Yeah. When Caligula first took power, he was welcomed by the people. His subjects thought that he was going to be a good ruler, and he did do some good things. You can't say that he was all just about um, his hedonistic um, desires. Mm-hmm. He uh, promised some political reforms, and he recalled all of the exiles back to Rome. And a lot of people thought that those exiles were heroes. Okay. So they were glad when he said, you know, the exiles can come back. Cool. It had something to do with Tiberius. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, so here's the thing about um, Caligula. His first year as the emperor, he came down with a serious illness. This would have been October of AD 37. Now, this illness which it's difficult for historians to nail down exactly what it was. Was it an STD? It might have been. But after he recovered from the illness, he was never the same. He was deranged. He was unhinged. He was somewhat maniacal. And he had no filter anymore. Encephalitis, you think? Because it's... I thought you might ask. So... (laughs) In the back of my podcast, I do have some theories, or some theories that other scientists and historians yeah. have. Um, where did I write it down? Okay. Um, some of the possibilities were uh, temporal lobe epilepsy. Yeah. Another one was hyperthyroidism. And a third a uh, common theory about what happened to Caligula was Wilson's disease, which is an inherited genetic disorder 
that causes mental instability, which there is some, um, there is a little bit of, I don't know, plausibility to that because Nero was his nephew and he was a horrible emperor too. Well, I wonder if it could also, that's around the time that age is around the time that you would get schizophrenia. It like kicks in from like sure. 19. Yeah. So mental disorders, you know. I okay. never, I never saw schizophrenia come up in my research, but it would make a lot it of sense. It would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. So his first year in power, he oh, gets geez. this mystery illness and he recovers from it, but he's never, the, he's right. not the same guy. He's not, he was, he was kind of a dick before but like, he was young like how old is he when he takes power 25 yeah <laughs> that's normal yeah and he's a spoiled noble bitch. Yeah. roman you know like um tiberius there's a quote from tiberius when he was still alive saying um i have brought a viper to be raised in the bosom of Rome's empire. You so know, like he so, was always a dick. He was kind of a spoiled shit before, but I guess after the illness, that's when it really kicked the in. The filters kicked out. Like Yeah, has... there's no more filter and he was just kind of a maniac and and um, you know, so at that point that's when this podcast gets fun. Yay, let's do it. It goes it goes really fast. Oh here. good. Okay, so this is AD 37, after his illness. Okay. First year of power, and this is, this is what kind of started to happen. <laughs> he began to explore the darker side of his personality. Now, he did do some good things during his four years. He built aqueducts nice. and harbors. There were harbors that were built because of him. Um, I've got a couple things back here, too. Um, he built some theaters and some temples, nice. which is good for a population. You know, you need to have, you know, like statues and fountains and parks yeah. and things like that. You know, that's why they're here in our modern civilization, yeah. too. If, if all it is is like you go to work and then you die, then people yeah. are going to revolt. Um, so he did do some good things. Um, one of the things, and this is not exactly um, a proven scientific, like historical thing, but there's a lot of theories, and there's even some written proof that he built this crazy, or had built, yeah, he did by, by other people, yeah. <laughs> this two-mile-long floating bridge across this harbor for no other reason than he liked to ride his horse back and forth across this floating bridge. It was a complete waste of time and money. But it's not substan it's not substantiated. It's like, just weird. Archaeologists haven't found, you know, like proof of the bridge, but there are there were people like his biographer said that. It's you just know, some he had weird thing he did. Yeah. Um and going back to his horse, he did have a weird thing with his horse. He had like this no, not sexual. <laughs> not, <laughs> she just gave me the raised eyebrow. <laughs> no, it was like um it was like he just pampered the horse. Like um, he had a marble stall built for the horse. I can't imagine how much marble it would take to build a stall out of marble. I'm just picturing the instead horse. Instead of wood, you know? I'm just picturing the horse from that Bugs Bunny card, um, opera cartoon. <laughs> the fat one. Yeah, save the, kill the wabbit. <laughs> and it's that big fat white one with the long flowing curly hair. Oh my God. Yeah. His horse was spoiled. He had a, an entire house built just for the horse. Nice. 
So yeah, he had a weird. All right, I'm okay with him. His horse was his best friend. All right, well, I'm okay with him. Oh yeah, because you love the animals. I love the animals. He had these weird military campaigns organized, like just to kind of like go out and theatrically entertain him. Like he sent a whole like battalion of Roman troops to the English Channel. And then once they got there, he ordered them to um, scour the oceans and plunder it. So what they did was took off their helmets and put seashells in their helmets while he watched. But, you know, that's kind of normal for the Romans because they built the Colosseum just to watch people fight, like for their entertainment. I'm going to disagree with you on that. I think that there's a political reason why you give people an entertainment thing like that. I mm-hmm. think that it... Um, Bloodlust? I th- yeah, I think that that satisfies something in the populace. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it's just for entertainment. I think there's a political value to those games. I think that's why it was so huge and so popular you know, like it makes you forget about like what a shitty life that you're oh, leading like for the other six the days. It's like dancing for everybody. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm not even going to touch that one. Here we go, people. <laughs> um, another crazy thing that he was reputed to do was force the senators of Rome to run in front of his chariot for miles at a time while taunting them and uh yeah oh yeah we're getting close i I gotta wrap it up um but this is the fun stuff he um he had very public affairs with with the wives of his allies including senators (laughs) and um major like important soldiers in the roman army and there's nothing they can do no and he would tell them about it afterwards like how they performed in bed no wonder he got killed he there there's a debate some people say yes some people say no that he had incestuous relationships with his uh sisters i thought they were all killed I, apparently not all of them. Like the grandmother and him and some sisters were spared. All right. I didn't know about them. Well, no, I, I know. Um, he made it a capital offense to mention goats in his presence because he was apparently covered in hair and he was also very pale. So he took it very personally if anybody compared him to a goat. And would kill anyone who mentioned a goat in his presence. (laughs) He uh, was reputed to, like, literally roll in piles of money. Because he loved, you know... Oh, dude, I would totally do that. Like Scrooge McDuck. I would do that. I got got no problem with that. He also drank pearls dissolved in vinegar. Which I didn't know a pearl would dissolve in vinegar. But it was just something that he loved. He liked to play dress-up games. He loved to dress in women's clothing. And his biographer actually thought that he was kind of just doing that for the biographer's benefit to show that uh, he's not a, like, he's not an emperor, he's not a normal person, but he's more of a god. Okay. I don't know. Whatever, bro. Yeah. Um, 
This lifestyle of his began to drain the Roman treasury. And so at this point in 41 AD, um, different groups came together, the Praetorian Guard, the Senate, and the Equestrian Order all plotted together to assassinate him. Well, yeah, he was banging all the senators' wives, so, oh yeah, I'd kill him. And he was spending money like crazy. He was doing all kinds of weird stuff with the money. Um, So what happened was the Praetorian Guard, they surrounded him, and they stabbed him to death with knives. They also killed his wife and his daughter. Yeah, I would too. Good plan. Yes. Um... So, some basic facts. Uh, Like I said, he did do some good things. He did, there was a couple of things that he, um, like, that it's kind of inconsistent. Because, you know, you hear about all these crazy things that he did. But, you know, he built some harbors, like I said. He also annexed some new provinces. He expanded the empire westward, which was pretty impressive. Like, you know, like, if you're that crazy, you know, like, he's actually, you know, he actually did expand the Roman territories a little bit in the maybe four years that he was there. To, maybe somebody had to talk him into that. They're like, just sign here. Yeah, maybe. It's totally possible. You know, just, they slid something in front of mm-hmm. him in the desk and said, you know, put your stamp there. Um, he also planned an invasion of Britain, which a lot of people think was going to work. Mm-hmm. He just never had time to carry it out because he'd already been assassinated by that point. Yeah. Well, he only made it as far as the English Channel, which, you know, I, I say what you will. Um, there's no proof of the bridge, the floating bridge that I mentioned earlier, um, but there's a lot of talk about it. There were rumors. Um, however, there was recovered these two massive pleasure barges at the bottom of this lake that he used to hang out with and um they actually did find some inscribed things on them like property of gaius you know whatever his name was caligula um so you know the debauchery was there um nero who i kept mentioning his nephew he was one of he's considered one of history's great criminals Uh, Nero killed his own stepbrother, his wife, his mother, and he persecuted Christians. He also is uh, believed to have instigated the Great Fire of Rome, which destroyed two-thirds of Rome at the time. Yeah, I would like to learn about him. He sounds uh, interesting. Why didn't they kill Nero? Why didn't they kill all of his family? Didn't they learn from Tiberius? Like, you kill everybody? (laughs) Right, yeah, really. I want to say that Nero, oh no, Nero was faced with execution or suicide. And he chose suicide as the executioner like came in when uh, Nero saw the instruments of death. He said, I'll do it myself. No, I mean when he was a little kid, obviously. Yeah, well, yeah, before he was able to come to power because he did eventually come to power and he was a horrible ruler. People just don't learn. You got to kill them all, bro. The 1979 film Caligula with Malcolm McDowell. I did see this movie, but it was like 15 years ago. I saw it a million years ago, yeah. Yeah. Um, It is still banned in Canada, Iceland, and some other countries because basically, you know, there's some. It's it's not a bad movie, but there are parts of it that are basically pornographic. I'm fine with that. All right, that's all I got. Very good. I ha- yeah, I had a good time researching Caligula. Yeah, I want to research the grandmother. 
He was a famous debaucher and waster of Roman money. He uh, apparently he extorted and taxed like crazy um, to get money back into the treasury, Mm -hmm. but it was nothing compared to what he was spending. What was going out of the treasury? Yeah, get all those ladies' clothing and all that horse marble. Yeah, pleasure barges. I, yeah. I'd love to see the pleasure barges. Maybe I can find some pictures of them because yeah. they, they brought them up from the bottom of the lake. But let's... the way that they were described was that they were huge. Well, let's get some pictures of those. Yes, I'll find a couple pictures if okay. I can. All right. Well, that was very good. I enjoyed that. Good. I'm I love glad. your um, I love your emperors, like the Mongols and stuff. I love yeah. learning about all that Yeah, stuff. that's funny. I keep going uh, back to that, don't I? I really like that. Like rulers and conquerors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a thing for that. I love it. <laughs> and I'm the farthest thing from it. I just want everybody <laughs> to live their life. Yeah, that's how I feel. Um, so if you have any comments, questions, or a subject you want us to talk about, email us at tellmeaboutthething at gmail.com. That's tellmeaboutthething at gmail.com. And follow us on Instagram at tell underscore me underscore podcast. And all of our links are in our podcast bios and in our Instagram bio. Um, so you got anything else? No, but I want to thank our listeners very much for listening to us and tuning in. We've got a couple of people out there now that I think are listening to a lot of our podcasts. Yeah, we've had a lot of listens this past uh, week. It's been crazy. So thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, we love to see that uh, some people are actually listening too. We're going to do this anyway because we have so much fun doing it. we just have so much fun. It's a really nice bonus to see that there are some people that are actually listening to us. So thank you. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you next week and grab a drink and listen to our podcast and have a little fun. I'm excited. Mm, all right. Okay. We got some musics. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. I always forget this part. <laughs> no, I, no, I can't right. pull it up in time. I'm sorry. Well, bye, everybody. See you next week. ba 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 ba